Hello, and a very warm welcome to this presentation. My name is Roger Furman, and in a while, I am going to be joined by someone known to many of you, James Bowden. As time is limited, let's press on. Were this event face to face, we were going to present live and not prepared in advance, an exploration of using the Orbit Reader or other refreshable Braille display with a Braille music file. However, all is not lost. We will be discussing how these devices can be used, which we hope will prove beneficial. To begin, I would like to mention three points from the submitted paper before we talk about Braille displays. First, fostering teaching and learning of Braille music in a digital age. Second, refreshable Braille displays of more than one line, devices such as Canute, for example. There is an obvious crossover with the discussion part of this presentation. And third, artificial intelligence. Returning to learning and teaching of Braille music, I wanted to highlight a few situations where use of a digital Braille music file could have significant advantages for both student and teacher. We have a scenario where a sighted teacher is working with a blind piano student. The student has the Braille music on the Braille display. They can add fingering, practice tips or whatever arises during the lesson, creating an edited score. A second scenario could be where a blind singer in a choir could write in cues, rehearsal markings if different from the Braille score, bar numbers, if that would be helpful, and other practice notes from the conductor during the rehearsal. Another situation could be where a blind teacher can create a library of electronic scores for use in lessons with sighted students, negating the need to carry round volumes of hard copy braille. I am not saying this is a better approach, rather that it offers a different way of working which may be beneficial. Nothing, of course, is stopping anyone working with both refreshable Braille and hard copy. I know some prefer using these options. Moving to my second main point, as good as single line refreshable Braille displays are, I think we could easily think of situations where it would be much easier to refer to material for both studying and learning if we had several lines available. Canute with nine lines offers this. Given that a sheet of braille paper can obviously display many more lines than nine, what advantages are gained from an electronic file? Here are a few. Proofreading, studying, 
reduced physical space compared with hard copy, portability, which could naturally be dependent upon physical size and weight of such a device. These are a few situations. There are many others which will be appropriate for individuals. Turning now to artificial intelligence, AI covers many disciplines with a few given here. One, how to design robots so they are more sociable, more friendly, more playful, and more human. Two, the growing worries about the safety and reliability of modern AI. Three, what psychology can tell us of relevance to AI. Four, neuroscience, the workings and relationships between feelings, mind, body, and emotions. Five, how inequality and injustice are sometimes supported, even promoted, by modern computing technologies. Is this another promised land which proves to be a mirage or could there be practical possibilities for Braille music in years to come? If developments were either included or a specialized solution found, I believe we could possibly move to a position where barriers are greatly reduced and being more in the mainstream would be natural, part of everyday living and working. I will conclude this section with one example where artificial intelligence has been used with great effect. Would it be possible to, to create a situation where humans could be outplayed at chess by a computer? Deep Blue, developed by IBM, proved to be the solution. While a very specific piece of development, it did prove what could be accomplished in that area. Would the resulting success of machine over humans prove the end of chess? Far from it. Let us now turn to our discussion about effective ways of searching using refreshable Braille devices. James has been very patiently waiting to participate. James, very warm welcome to this presentation. I know you have great experience in this area and wondered whether you could say something about learning a piece of Braille music using a digital file. Thank you, Roger. So yes, I first decided to try learning a piece of Braille music with a Braille display when I heard of various systems such as Braille Muse, and I also knew about Good Feel and tried using it several times. And I thought, I wonder what it's like to actually learn a piece of Braille music from a Braille display. In this case, I was testing the Orbit Reader 20, 20 cell display. And I thought, well, 20 cells isn't that much, but you know, let's see how it works. So I was really pleased, instead of having to phone our wonderful Braille library and waiting for the amazing British Postal Service, I was able to download a Braille music score, 
stick it onto the orbit reader and within 10 minutes I was sitting at the piano beginning to learn the music. Now learning the music itself was an interesting experience. Not only did the music never fall off the music stand, as does sometimes happen with a large braille book on a small overcrowded piano music stand, or off your knee, that definitely happens. The braille display definitely stayed put, which is wonderful. And the other thing which really struck me was even though you often take your hands off the braille display to practice and then go back onto the braille display to learn a bit more, I never ever lost the place. Now, even with a hard copy braille file, it's, it's quite easy to find your place again, but you often have to find the line that you were reading and you know search a couple of different lines to find it and so on. It's only a couple of seconds, but those couple of seconds mount up if you're doing it over a period of time. Now with the braille display, it stays where you left it. So if I'm on bar 15, it'll stay on bar 15. And when I go back to the braille display, it still shows bar 15. Wonderful. So I discovered easy ways of navigating up and down the score. Um, I primarily using piano music here. And although you could say piano music is a, a double line format and I'm only using a single line braille display, it, the experience was a little bit like the older bar by bar format where you read a bar of, in this case, right hand first and then left hand. So the score I have is actually bar over bar, but displayed on the braille display on a single line display. It's a little bit like bar by bar. So although I'm you know, not necessarily ideal to have only one shown at once, very well able to learn from it. So to search for a particular bar number, I just typed in the bar number itself. For example, 15 would be just AE and then a space and then the right hand sign dots four six AR. And of course the browse display zips straight there. So if I was asked by a teacher, go and check bar 17 or bar 23, I can just do that. Assuming those bars were on the margin. If they're not on the margin, you just go back a bit try bar 22, 21. The sort of music I was learning, you don't get very many bars per line. So that's not a problem. I have an example here, um, the Well-Tempered Clavier, book one, number five. I'm reading from the Orbit display. You possibly can hear it clicking in the background by J.S. Bach. And immediately I then read, crotchet equals 138, two sharps, four, four, bar one, right hand, and I'm straight into the music. And if I had a keyboard here, I could start playing that straight away. Very easy to read, very easy to follow. And uh, I really appreciated the experience. Roger, back to you. James, very many thanks. There's nothing quite like people hearing a practical outcome of using these devices in a very practical way. So very, very many thanks for your contribution which I hope will encourage many of us to do similar. Thank you very much for listening to our presentation.